Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax, and it is a pleasure to be with you today as we investigate how to build a hedge against inflation through vertically integrated multifamily investing. In episode 64 of Real Estate Investing Abundance, we had the honor of having with us Arlene Garza. So I am especially pleased to meet and to visit with the other half of that dynamic team, her husband, Jacob Garza. As a co-founder with Arlene of REAP Equity, Jacob focuses on developing and overseeing REAP's growth strategy and takes a hands-on approach to managing the firm's capital expenditures projects. Jacob directly oversees asset management in addition to fostering and maintaining relationships with key industry individuals and leaders. Jacob is an avid runner, downhill skier, and open water diver. He is also an instrument-rated pilot and regularly flies with his Cirrus. So, Jacob, interesting life there. So tell us about a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be all of those various different things. Hey, Alan, thanks for having me. It's great to be on your show. I really hope to provide some value to you and your listeners. Yeah, your question's a good one. And I had a chance to reflect on this in this few minutes we've had here. And here is my answer. I've learned how to learn. I've never given that up. And I probably learned that, I don't know, 25 years ago as a young professional. And that just keeps me uncomfortable. And I'm <laughs> comfortable when I'm uncomfortable. So yeah, that's yeah. got to be the answer. Yeah, we just don't know what we don't know. So, you know, and that's a fabulous lesson to learn. And it takes some of us longer than others, that's for sure. But it is a, a valuable, valuable lesson. Well, tell us how it is that you go about protecting your savings from the volatile stock market, as well as the volatile, certainly these last couple of years, the volatile inflation environment. Yeah. So I think the first thing that people should look for in protecting what you just said, your cash, your assets is, you know, pick something that's downstream, you know, that flows, that has a tailwind. I think your listeners need to pick what that is. And certainly once you pick that, there are things that you can control. I'll give you a perfect example. We've chosen real estate. I've had technology companies in the past. I sold my last one in 2007. I love that business, but there's some headwinds in that business and there's a lot of advantages to it. So your listeners may be in the technology field and and great. I had a great run at it and now I've chosen real estate. We've chosen real estate because there are things you can do in apartments that keep you from, for example, picking something that is going to be difficult to rent. Maybe it's behind a neighborhood. Maybe it's in an area that's got lots of construction being built around it. And there are other things you can do that kind of insulate you, again, giving you more tailwind. I think once you select something like that, like we have in real estate, you can do other things that give you more control over that And one of the things we've done is we've chosen to have our own management company. And there's lots of advantages to that. So that just gives us a lot more, I'm going to say, outcomes that we 
can feel comfortable about what's going to happen because we're in control of it. Uh, not me personally, but our company is. So once you start kind of peeling back the onion a bit, I think there are some predictable results that can happen as a result of, of doing those things. You use these terms, downstream, tailwind, and headwinds. Those sound like pilot jargon to me. So explain what you mean by a downstream and a tailwind and, and headwinds. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm going to stick with things that I feel will help you with inflation. For, for example, if you have a million dollars, you can certainly put it in the bank. I was going to say capital preservation is really good for you there, but it's really not because inflation is going to eat at it. You put a million dollars, you're going to have $700,000 in a year later if you have 7% inflation. So those are some things off the bat that you can do to not have a headwind. You know, you want to invest in cryptocurrency or some of these other risky deals. I mean, that's, that's great, but there may be some headwinds there. So that's what I mean by the choice, if you would, controls the chooser. And look, you may have you know, $10 million in real estate. You probably should have some money, uh, other money and other precious metals or some other kind of asset class. I completely understand that. You know, as far as the headwinds, and I, I mentioned that earlier, I mean, real estate is a great hedge against inflation. And, you know, okay, real estate, do you want to do office buildings? I don't know. Do you want to do retail? You know, prior to COVID, those were some really good assets to pick. In the long term, they're probably all going to come back. In fact, I know they will. But two things happened with COVID, at least from my mind. Number one, people were going to put food on the table and they were going to pay their rent. Uh, they may not go to the movies, they may not buy the new car or things like that, but those two areas they were going to do. So I think it speaks volumes for some of the tailwinds that real estate allows you to do. So the tailwinds are working with you, the headwinds working against you there. So why does real estate give us uh, headwinds? What are the things working with us in conjunction with real estate? Yeah, working with us is in tailwinds? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. One of the things that I just mentioned is, you know, people obviously need a place to live. If you look at the broad real estate on a national level, there are some places that you're just not going to make money at. You have people leaving. You have companies downsizing, you have high taxes, so you have corporations that are leaving, and I think that's a tough place to put your money. So if you look at places like Texas, like Arizona, Florida, the Carolinas, those are places that have uh, a couple of things going for them. They have a lot of people, a lot of companies moving there. They're very business friendly, they're landlord friendly, and they have short supply people to live, both as single family and multifamily. So it's your basic you know, economics of supply and demand. So those are going to continue to do well in people who buy these properties in those particular states. And I'll just go on a, on a little bit further out. Equity is finding its way into multifamily and it's suppressing cap rates, which basically means it's driving the price up. So you have to be especially careful today when you buy multifamily properties and I believe this is the decade of operations. So you have to be an excellent operator uh, when you manage these properties. And I think, Alan, long gone are the days where you could buy a multifamily property and wait two years and it would just appreciate. That's certainly still happening. But the skill level in which to get, govern the rents and execute your business plan and take care of the residents is at a premium today. And they do have choices and they, they will move on you. So that's another factor in you know, continuing to have real estate work for you today. 
We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Talker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. So I think what you're saying is that there are those three factors that give us those tailwinds, and that is job growth, household income growth, and population growth that often follows those things. And like you were saying, that takes equity into particularly the real estate apartments. And yet those are probably good places to invest in, but they also are going to be highly competitive places to purchase in. So how is it that you are going into these high growth, uh, high job and high income markets and finding opportunities that are worth investing in? Yeah, that's a great question. And no, you didn't tee that up for me because I have an answer for that. Today, even more so than any time before, when you take over a property, the execution of the business plan is absolutely critical. Right now, everyone is financing using bridge loans. I say everyone, probably 95% of the people use a bridge loan because the, the terms are extremely attractive and the agency loans just aren't. So, which basically means you're going to have a lot of refinances uh, in the next 24 to 36 months. The quicker a syndicator like us, and we're operators as well, as I mentioned, we own our own management companies, no one REIT management uh, does the management. So, the, the quicker the ownership team can go in and execute that business plan, turn over the rent roll, season the rents, the quicker they're going to be eligible for their operating income to support a new loan. When we take over a property, we have our teams two weeks before train at our sister properties. And that's a huge advantage for us. Our software is loaded up on day one. Our brochures are ready. Our websites are ready. Our uniforms are ordered. Our name tags are ordered. If you were to walk in day two on our property, I think you would probably go, wow, you guys have been here a couple of months. Oh, no, we've been here two days. And we spend the capital projects money as quickly as we can because, hey, look, if we can paint the building, put the new playground in, do the new pool furniture, start upgrading the internal units, you know, paint the parking lot, just restripe everything, cut the trees. And I'm amazed how many, how many trees are just, they look horrible. And it's really not that much to trim them up and make them look really pretty. The people will just start coming in your property and they will rent from you. You take care of them. It doesn't take that long to convince the people who are there to invite their relatives to stay there and to have a real sense of community. And then you start becoming you know, the, the place to be in the area, right? Not just the block in that submarket. And you can charge more for that. People are willing to pay more, you know, a premium to have things fixed the first day, their phone calls returned. You know, we've done a lot in our technology to take off all the leases now. You cannot sign a lease anymore. We did this before COVID, by the way. All of our properties have walkthroughs online. We still do full tours. We've never stopped doing those. So we feel like we've made a real difference. And all this adds up to 
you know, we're going to be the first place winner, basically, or right. And there are other good operators. We're not the only ones, but we're certainly the top ones that when it comes to living, which no one has a choice, everyone has to live somewhere. We're going to be way out in front. And there, I think, is a differentiator right there, uh, having choices to sell the property, put permanent debt on the loan, refinance into another loan, and not having to say, oh my God, here it is, 2024, rates are going up. My CapEx is, isn't all done. My management company's slow. You know, my rents aren't where they need to be. You know, and that's a difficult situation to be in. So I, that's why I say this is the decade of the management company. And mm-hmm. we are fully in tune to that. Our management company is well involved way before the property is uh, we close. They're involved early on. They understand why the seller is selling. They understand our business plan. They see the vision we're trying to do with the property. So, you know, you add all those up and they're super engaged on our management side. They understand. They like the fact that we bring them in our equity group. And it is all about employees when you come down to it. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners own businesses or maybe they work for they have big teams and that's where it all is is in the execution part so that's what we do here at reap and we're having fun and we got a great great team so did i hear you correctly you said you have no leases is that yeah we don't have any paper leases i may have tried to get that word out we're all digital so it's all computerized all computerized even our community forms they're all computerized but you do have regular what i mean 12-month leases is that, I mean, that's typically what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then we take over a property and they're heavily weighted. It seems like, what's the old term, what, uh, three months before we, let's say, let's give you an example, we buy the property in April. We notice there's lots of leases in, you know, February and, and prior months to that because they're filling it up and they're doing what they need to do. So we'll, we'll space those out a little bit sometimes. How do you space them out with, I mean, six-month leases or you go 18 months? We go a le- year, year minimum, we go 12. 14. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Makes sense there. So you're able to compete in these very, very competitive markets because primarily what you're saying here, if I understand you correctly, is you're competing through operations. And by just becoming perfectionistic, essentially, in your operational programs, you're able to take over properties that other operators are not able to do because they haven't perfected that operational side. Yeah, there's three answers to that. There's always a value add component to what we do. And there's always a a management upside to it. And so we certainly take advantage of both of those. And I think that's the advantage we have. In fact, our controllable expenses are like $3,200 a door. This is minus taxes, insurance, and management fees. You can't control those. Everything else you can control. And most of the properties we take over are 3,800 a door. So that's, that's a significant savings. And I can't remember the number you divide it by a six cap. And it's depending on the size of the property. That's mm-hmm. 800,000 to 2 million we can add value to. And I know that's paper money, but it's not when you try to sell it. It ultimately comes into some money. So those are two areas we go in. I'll tell you another area that we're very good buyers. And you have to have both. If you buy it right, it sets the management company up, right, to really win. So our buy team is very skilled at going in and understanding the market, understanding the play, and they look at a lot of different deals. They don't all fit. And then we do bring in our management team uh, who vet what we're currently doing. And that synergy there really comes into play and and helps us create retirement for our investors. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we do. We invest money. We expect to make money. 
Well, it looks like uh, quite an operation that you have there, and it sounds like you're difficult to compete against, would be my guess, my guess here. So tell our viewers and listeners how it is that they can get in touch with you and what it is that you have to offer. Well, yes, the easiest thing for them to do is go onto our website. They want to learn what we do. It's reapequity.com, R-E-E-P, equity.com. And there you have podcasts like this that you can listen to. We have a complete blog, glossary, some educational materials on what's this real estate stuff all about if you don't know about it. And that's a good place to start. If they want a conversation with me, they can set up a call with myself and Rebecca Trainer, who's our investment relations manager. And we'd like to learn about them. Tell us about your goals. What are you currently doing? Are you in real estate? Are you not in real estate? That's where we start first because we really want a relationship with our investors. To date, Alan, we've raised just over $100 million. Some of that includes our money, Arlene and myself. We invest our own money in. And our last deal, 80% of our investors were repeat investors. But it really starts with them. And if, hey, if we're not the right shot for you, I mean, we'll, we'll tell you that too. And like I said, there's a lot of good other syndicators that are out there who do a remarkable job. Uh, yeah, this is true. There are a lot of good syndicators, but it sounds to me like you all have your act together quite well there. And I mean, there are other operators out there who have their own management companies, but that is somewhat unusual. And it is certainly not the majority of uh, syndicators who are managing their own properties through their management companies. And the way you have that integrated, I can see why that can be really advantageous, not just to you, but also to your investors by being able to increase your investors' return on their investments there. Well, Jacob, just one last question, and that is, what was one of your most difficult setbacks in life, and how did you come through that time, and what did you learn from that experience? Okay, this is in life, setbacks. Well, I haven't had any, been very fortunate, I haven't had any, I don't think, life-changing setbacks. You know, got a great family. I'm trying to think of a setback here, Alan, of significance for your, for your listeners that I've had to come back from. Well, I don't mean to put you on the spot here. So if you are fortunate enough not to have had one of those, that's wonderful. And I'm sure you've learned a whole lot of lot and through life anyway. And like you said, the biggest lesson you've ever had is to always learn how to learn. So it has been wonderful having you, Jacob. It has been a delight getting to meet you and certainly it's always been a delight to visiting with Arlene. And so it is a special pleasure to me to meet the other half of what has become a very dynamic and successful team there. So viewers and listeners, that's the end of our program today. Thank you, Enlightened Investors, for being with us. And please join us again for our next episode. And thank you, Jacob, for being on our program today. Thank you for having me, Alan. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. 
Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.